Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on Patreon. If you're a pledger, you get us a day early or in your main podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Kenny. I'm joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin and Finn. It's been a big old news week so far um, and we're here to discuss such news. We are indeed. That's it. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll hopefully uh, be able to offer some insight, maybe some humour, maybe a few laughs. We'll have to wait and see on that one. We can't. We can't promise you, but we'll, we'll try our best. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, the quality of our output, Kenny, it's a bit inconsistent at times, isn't it? Well, you know, I, I think I think we we bat. What's the word? What's the was the when you do you do better better more better than not? You Listen, we're not baseball fans, so we don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, I don't. It's, 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 it's left me. It's left me. Did you hey, ever I'm play cricket on. in your youth, Kenny? No, I played rounders. This is close oh, as I got. Right, rounders. Right, yeah, this yeah. Close yeah. as I got. Um, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, um, yes, so we're, we're obviously going to talk about the Venn stuff and the Triple H stuff, but I did just want to uh, quickly cover... Um, the the new news that has just been released or just been announced. My God, words are hard today, Finn. Why can't I get things out? WrestleMania 40 has got its date and has got its location. WrestleMania. And where is that? Tell us where and when. WrestleMania 40 will be taking place 
on April 6th and 7th, 2024. So continuing the two-night trend, and it will be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, at the uh-huh. Lincoln Financial Field, an outdoor uh, stadium, which I'm, if it's in Philadelphia, I assume there will be a roof that can 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 be there if needed, which could, could obviously be very possible. Uh, but Philadelphia, they've not done a WrestleMania in Philadelphia since WrestleMania 15, right? I was there yeah. for that one. I was there that night. I mean, we could only hope that the review that you give WrestleMania 40 will be better than the review that you gave WrestleMania 15. God, that show was so awful. You, I mean, you... I think basically if you just didn't do anything you know, for four hours each night and people were just on the phones who would probably have like a better time than I had back in 1999 when I went over there. Is it, I mean, WrestleMania 15 was weird. It almost felt like a, an episode of Raw, really, you know? Yeah, it did. I mean, the main event was Austin versus Rock. You know, Rock had turned heel at Survivor Series 98 and that amazing storyline that they told that night at Dead, Deadly Game, wasn't it? That was the subtitle, Survivor Series Deadly Game. And that amazing storyline with the rock turning heel. And then that led to uh, all sorts of uh, skullduggery from the McMahons and all sorts of weird and wonderful goings on between rock and mankind. And that also then led us back to, to rock versus Austin again. But I mean, it was a big success on pay-per-view. WWF could, could literally do no wrong back in March of 99. Kenny, could they? I mean, they were just... They were on fire. So, I mean, yeah. they got away with it. But, I mean, if they put on a show that bad nowadays, I mean, they'd just be like, I mean, they'd just be blasted, wouldn't they? I mean, they'd be absolutely, you know, hammered. They would just be railed. People would be livid with a show that bad in the 2020s. Yeah, they would uh, They would not get away with it today. And uh, that's a good thing. Um, it is so, but yeah, WrestleMania 40. I, I didn't expect it to be Philadelphia, but I think that's a you know, the east, eastern, uh, you know, the east coast people tend to be loud and tend to yes. be you know, very vocal about how they feel about stuff. So, I think it's a good choice to, head yeah. I mean, I mean, it's always been a, a long time dating back to McMahon Senior's days, you know, great WWWF. City even before WWF. So, I mean, they've got staunch support there. I mean, people obviously flying from all over the world for, world for WrestleMania. So, in a sense, it doesn't really matter where it is, as yeah. long as it's got, got good transportation links. And obviously, Philadelphia has. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, great news for the city and um, great news for people on the Eastern Seaboard um, who obviously don't have to now travel to, I mean, it's, Cal- it's uh, LA, isn't it? WrestleMania next year. Yes, although, yeah, I mean, also for people in the UK, very good news because the last couple of years, you know, Dallas this past year, LA next year, they are not cheap cities to fly to. No. Um, whereas Philadelphia, you know, being on the East Coast is a little bit easier. It's a little bit cheaper. So um, I think there's a few regional airports that actually fly to Philadelphia. So hopefully people will be able to, it'll be a bit more affordable. It'd be nice to hear for once, Finn, that something's a little bit more affordable these days. Well, inflation, Kenny, you know, it's a worldwide problem. It's not just us, you know. It's not, it's not. But that's why, you know, that's why, you know, our Patreon, the prices haven't gone up. 
we've kept them at the low level for you people to enjoy them. So patreon.com forward slash inside ropes. I just turn it into a plug. Why not? Well um, done, Kenny. Very good. Anyway, no, um, yeah, no inflationary forces in uh, in in effect or in force here. So people will be relieved about that. Yeah, and no plans to make that happen either. So we hope that uh, we appreciate everyone who has continued to pledge their money during the tough times for sure. Um, let's move on to the big story. I know we covered just the, the, kind of the, the we barely touched the surface of the the news. So. I mean, I guess I'll just walk us through, I guess, the summary of what's happened and then give me your thoughts, FN. So on uh, what day was it that it broke? It feels like it feels like a week ago. It was Monday, right? Or Sunday. Yeah, well, it was Friday Vince resigned and then yeah. Monday it came out, didn't it, that um, Triple H had taken over as head of creative. Yes. So on Friday, Vince McMahon resigned, as you all know from the Emergency Podcast, which is now in the main feed as well, the first one that we did. So Vince retired on Friday. We did the emergency podcast on the Saturday. You you hear that we were kind of, you know, apprehensive that this was going to be a proper, legit retirement from Vince. But, you know, we did talk about maybe if there's more to come, then, you know, we'll find out why. So then we found that on Monday, um, we found it, well, first of all, we found that Triple H was going to be the head of creative, but we also had WWE release their Q2 uh, financials, which they don't usually do just yet, um, which was to obviously try and help the stock so that the stock wouldn't yeah. dip too much. But and he didn't. He went up. It went up. I mean, Vince leaving and and has <laughs> made it go up. Who knew? Um, I mean, that's going to be the biggest blow to the McMahon ego of all, hasn't it? Is yeah. that I've left. And <laughs> people think the company's going to do better without me. How dare they? I mean, so so I mean the 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 big thing that came out from the findings. I know you posted on your Facebook page. So I'm going to try and read the exact verbiage. The hidden you you said the hidden bomb. So the it was an unexploded bomb had been unearthed. Yes, um, and basically it was that there had been um, Vincent Mann had obviously had had paid out 14.6 million dollars from his personal money that should have been company expenses. So now, and it was, so they said the company has made a preliminary determination that certain payments that Vince McMahon agreed to make during the period from 2006 through 2022, including amounts paid and payable in the future, and that were not recorded in the WWE consolidated financial statements, should have been recorded as expenses. Um, which is, <clears throat> you know, that th- there we have it. There is the reason why Vince is gone. Because he yeah, has... they have to do like a, an 8K filing, which is something they have to do when something unusual occurs. It's almost like an emergency thing to inform the shareholders that something has been uncovered or disclosed or there's something that we need to let you know has happened. And uh, yeah, that was it. I mean, um, you know, it was like, so yeah, the company had made this preliminary determination that certain payments that Vince McMahon agreed to make between 2006 and 2022 were not recorded in the consolidated financial statements and should have been. And like, he goes on to say that Vince McMahon is personally going to pay or will pay because they don't know there may be more payments to come, Kenny. This is the thing, it's all really up in the air. Mm-hmm. And it states the payments, uh, the underlying unrecorded expenses were or will be paid by Vince McMahon 
personally. And yet they have to disclose this publicly. So, I mean, is there something else here that we don't know about? Because if he if he had paid for these personally and it was completely separate from the company, why would it be included in these financial statements? Well, that's, the what, thing that, that's the thing I'm not getting here. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of great areas that I don't think we all understand, one of which being that I think... The, because because the situation happened sort of through the company that these yeah. people were employed by the company like it's like it's almost like you know if if you assaulted somebody at your place of work you know you it would kind of be in your place of work's watch because it's happening there and there i mean there must be some law that has to happen um that you know if if he's paid out all this money to employees um, for hush money that it has to go through his company expenses. Now, obviously, he's tried to just personally pay them, but I'm with you. The bit that confuses me is if if it has to go through the company accounts, then does, why isn't the company paying it? I would have yeah. thought. I would have thought it's either he 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 makes his personal payments and it's just him, or if the company have to file it, or um, but maybe it's an agreement that Vince has said, you know, and, and maybe this is where the the idea of more stuff could come in. Maybe Vince said, look, I'll retire and I'll pay all the money. And, you know, just publicly say that I'm going to pay it all. But, I mean, the interesting thing about that thing that it said about, uh, you know, that the, any monies that have been paid and that are due. So there's going to be, there's going to be, uh, there's going to be payments that he's not made yet. So if he's, like, if he's agreed to pay 7.5 7 million to, to women and say he's paid out 3 million of that so far he'll be yeah. liable to, to sort of cough up the other 4.5 million now. Not that he's strapped for cash, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't, there's something here that, that hasn't been divulged. I'm convinced of it because to me, obviously these people were employees. Now say they'd been agreed to leave the company and then receive their severance package uh, upon their termination of their contract when they left WWE. Mm -hmm. And then Vince entirely separately from the company were to reach an agreement with them and pay them from his own pocket, then I can't really see why it would have to be declared in the accounts in an SEC filing. I mean, maybe there's something that I'm just not aware of here, but if they are no longer employees and he's settling this privately as a personal matter, I don't see why it would have to be in the accounts. So it's something here that I'm just not, grasping kenny well there's, just, know, there's something we've not been told there's something that, we, that yeah. they've not given they, they've not said you know as per this federal law yeah this has because to because you know you can always do something as a you know as a personal you know as a personal matter away from your business you can you can obviously do that so uh, i don't really understand why this has all come out so something there's something has gone wrong here and like McMahon has made a huge blunder here and it's cost him his position as CEO, chairman and head of creative. I mean, he's no longer there. I mean, the really worrying thing, Kenny, was at the bottom of this 8K filing that was divulged on the 25th of Monday of this week. The company, as in WWE, has also received and may receive in the future regulatory investigative and enforcement inquiries, subpoenas, or demands arising from related to 
or in connection with these matters. So we, we don't know what's, this could run and run. There could be all sorts of other things to come um, as a result of, you know, this 8K filing and these disclosures. You know, we, we don't know. There's, there's no. all, this story could play out for some time to come. And this is the reason why he's gone. Because yeah. this, year, this year could be far more problematic than we currently realise. And there again, it might not be, but it could be. And that's probably the reason, or to me, this is the reason he's gone. Is because this this here is like this here is like you know this is like the the smoke proverbial smoking gun. This is a big problem, you know, or could be. Do you get the vibe that? And I mean, it's, we are just speculating, but you know, that's what you do sometimes when you don't have all the facts or information. But I mean, do, do you get the vibe that somebody, whether it's somebody on the board of directors or something, there's basically something hanging over his head saying, "Retire, we'll let you retire, or more will come out." I, I mean, I don't know about that. Is that I an option? I mean, because it is weird the way it's all all happened. But I think the one thing yeah. we can kind of see is that he's not coming back. I, I can't see it. I mean, he could, but if he's going to, it's not going to be for a long time. I mean, people do recover from scandals. I mean, it happens. But I mean, this looks really bad, given his age, 77 next month. It's... It, you know, and it's all there now in the public record, this. So, I mean, it's... it's The other thing that's yeah. weird is that, I mean, I'm sure you've seen this with people as well. When people get older, and I think I said this in the podcast on Saturday, when people get older and, you know, you have a routine, that is what keeps you going. I yeah. mean, and if he, you know, he's someone who gets four hours sleep, he works 20 hours a day, he has no hobbies, and I'm not saying... I understand what he's done is horrible and I'm not trying to defend him at all. But like, what is he going to do? You know, how is he going to go from completely being a workaholic for 20 hours a day and that's his whole life and now he just has free time? It's going to be very strange for him because, yeah, this has been four years for the company June 82 from his father and his father's partners and obviously had worked for his father's company prior to that and was did long hours, you know, when he was just part of his father's company. So um, it's, it's just going to be very strange for him. I mean, there's obviously this big transition right now where he goes from being the main man to yesterday's man. Um, and that's going to be weird. So there's going to be various things for him to deal with. You know, with him handing things over and explaining things. And, you know, there's going to be a process, I'm sure, where he's still going to be involved. I don't know to what level. And since the person he'll no doubt be communicating with is his son-in-law. And as we know, Triple H, Paul Levesque, is not a guy to kiss and tell, is he, Kenny? So he's not going to die. And, and besides, with this all being, you know, a public company and, you know, everything having to be done by the book, you know, there's no way that anything untoward is going to come out, I'm sure. But you've got to feel there's going to be some sort of handover process here, surely between, you know, father, father-in-law father and son-in-law. And like those two anyway, being that they're related, would probably communicate every day anyhow. So I'm sure in the process of their discussions, the job is going to come up, isn't it? So, I mean, I'm sure Vince is not forbidden from speaking to his son-in-law. No, well, didn't, wasn't it said in one of the 
so, I mean, one of the things that came out had said that he will be available to talent, available for the transition. To like yes, absolutely, there. absolutely. He said that he was going to do whatever he could, whatever he could, to ensure that there was a smooth transition from you know his stewardship to um, this, you know the the management of of his son-in-law, and obviously Stephanie's heavily involved as well in Nick Khan. So yeah, he's going to be involved on various levels. I'm sure at this point in time in the handover from you know, Vince to, Vince to Paul. So, um, but you're right. What is he going to do with his life? I mean, this was his life and it's, it's going to be very weird for him. And I think he's, I don't know. It's hard to imagine. What's he going to do? Take up golf, bowling. Is he going to start a podcast? Maybe he'll start a wrestling magazine. You know what I mean? It's, well, actually, I don't, I don't think Vince is renowned for his, uh, for his, for his, top-notch spelling so obviously <laughs> i don't think he's likely to start a wrestling magazine but he's gonna to have to do something to fill that time isn't he otherwise he's going to end up end up going completely mad so it's, there's i think there's going to be a huge sense of grief and loss here you know i went through that when power slam she wasn't so bad with power slam because it was all on my own terms and i knew i was going to do it and i kind of had a lot of time to come to terms with with what was going to happen and that I was no longer going to be doing a monthly magazine. So it was actually quite easy for me to well, deal so with that. Also, you weren't disgraced in any way. You well. Know, it's not like you, you had done all this horrible stuff in, you know, in real life that had come out and forced your hand. You know, you, well, well, anything, you, you know, because, I mean, you essentially made your decision to, to go out on a high. That was your, yes. your call rather than, you know, keep it going. That was your, your call. So... That's I mean, it, but it, it but it was a big life change for me as well. But I did have a lot of time. I did have many months to come to terms with it, uh, and also then right after I finished the magazine, I just went straight into you know writing the book. You know, so um, so I had a plan for Vince. Do you think maybe he'll do his memoirs? I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? Because there's going to be a lot of things that he's not going to be able to talk about. I wouldn't have thought because it's all going to be very tricky you know, in relation to the way that he's had to leave the company. So I'm, I'm not sure what he's going to do. Are we going to see Vince hit up the convention scene? <laughs> God. I, I actually don't think it's out with the realms of possibility that Vince McMahon will do a couple of meet and greet appearances at some stage with somebody. Because if he's got nothing to do and he'll get bored, because yeah. nothing he does is going to be for money, really. No, because he's got loads of money. But I think that the, the the moral message that I think we should all adhere to is: be a Finley Martin and don't be a Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe you'll start a business doing something else. I mean, wouldn't it be the funniest thing if he just said, "You know what? I've got the money. Instead of starting a football league or doing some of these silly things like becoming, you know, a film producer, I'm going to go back to my roots and set up a little wrestling company." And I'm just going to run one show a week and I'm going to be a talent developer. I mean, that might sound outrageous, but I mean, it'd be something that he could do with his own money, entirely independent of WWE. Probably won't do this, but I mean, that would give him something to do, wouldn't it? You know mm. what I mean? I, don't, I mean, I don't know who would really want to work for him, but I mean, what an experience that would be going to work for Vince's little company. So, I mean, that's been his life for the last, whatever, 50 years, more than 50 years since he mm -hmm. started working for his father. Um, back in the early 70s, I think it was, he started working for his father. So, 
I mean, what else is he really going to do? And the idea of him just retiring and doing nothing. I mean, I know a lot of people who have, they said, don't they? you must have met people like this, Kenny, is that a lot of people start say, I'm going to retire. Very driven people who've had success in the 30s or the 40s. And they say, that's it, I've had enough. I'm going to retire. I'm going to live on the beach. And, you know, after three months or six months or a year or something like that, they're bored because they're so driven as people that they have to be doing something. And it would not surprise me in the slightest if Vince was one of those people that he will have to do something. Otherwise, well, also, he would just go crazy. Yeah, well, but, the, but the difference is, you know, we're in, we're in a unique position where we cover wrestling. It's something that we love to do. We've done for ages. And, you know, if we were to retire, you know, you've done this, so I, I can learn from you. You know, if you retire, you can, oh, I still like this thing. And, and I've always liked the thing. So why would I stop sort of doing the thing? Whereas retirement for most other people is you work in a job that you kind of have to do to get by. And then retirement is basically you going, oh, thank God I don't need to do that, do that anymore. Yeah. You know, like if you watch that uh, the Jack Nicholson movie about Schmidt, where he plays like a, an insurance salesman in Omaha, Nebraska, and he's like at his retirement party and he just looks like this kind of really meek, depressed old man because he's now like 70 and just has you know nothing left but whereas with Vince it's like Vince has done the thing he loves but in some ways it'll be harder for Vince because he's he's been dragged away from what he loves but you know then you shouldn't have done what he did yeah absolutely I mean it's it's yeah it's it's all been entirely out of his control um you can see this has all happened very quickly and I just, I don't know whether, I mean, it'll all come out, I imagine, eventually. You know, did he realise that he had to go for the good of the company? Or was it explained to them? Was it like effectively an intervention? I was like, listen, Vince, you know, almost like, the, you know, the Boris Johnson thing, where he didn't want to resign as prime minister. And there was so many of his cabinet members just said, listen, you've got to go. You know, this is, your position is untenable. You cannot continue. And I... I mean, we maybe we'll never know. Was it Vince's decision or was it like, listen, everyone's just like got with him and said, you know, Paul, Stephanie, maybe even Shane, Nick <laughs> Khan, whomever, you know, Bruce, the whole crew. And it's just like, Vince, this is really bad and you've just got to go and you've got to go now. Well, so, I mean, so Vince goes and then we find out on Monday that Triple H is going to be the head of creative. And that was, a lot of people were very happy about that, very happy that he is now going to be taken over. There was a report that he had a meeting with talent before Raw where he told talent that he wants work to be fun again for people and he wants there to be open communication. And, um, you know, and then there was also a report from WrestleVotes uh, saying that he, he had, that the, the, what they had heard backstage was that he had said, let me get the quote here because I don't want to butcher it. Um, he had said, uh, Okay, with SummerSlam being his first, his real first show in total control, Source says Triple H would like to make a creative splash at the event. However, only if it makes sense. Won't just do something to do it. Um, so what do you make of it? Are you, are you happy that it's Triple H that's going to be doing it? Do you think he is going to implement a lot of changes? Do you think that the product's going to change? What, what were your thoughts when you seen that it was him that was going to be taking the helm? 
Well, it doesn't sound like Vince Russo is going to get that call, does it? He's <laughs> the master doing something because whether it made sense or not, because it would make a splash. We're all we need to shock people. Mm, yeah. Okay, Vince. And uh, well, no, I'm not surprised that that Paul Levesque took over. It was fairly obvious to me that he would be the one who would replace Vince at the helm. I mean, who else was going to take over? Um, there wasn't anyone who could step into that. I mean, were, you could say, well, we could get this person or that person. But realistically, it was always going to be Triple H who took over from Vince. Um, he's been in training for this ever since he went part-time in 2010, I think it was, wasn't he? He went part-time, Kenny. Yes, 2010. So, yeah, he's essentially been in training for this role, you know, f- full-time for 12 years and really you know, part-time for more than 20 years when he starts sitting in on, I think they actually started sitting in on or contributing to creative back in 97, didn't they? DX, I believe they did, or Shawn Michaels did. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure they were all involved. I mean, obviously they were, they took some heat, didn't they, for the double cross back in 97. Yeah. So Brett and his then wife was, they were blaming you know, Levesque and Shawn Michaels and well, actually Shawn Michaels had done a runner, hasn't it? Uh, but they were blaming Levesque for this. So he's essentially been in training for this role for the nearly 25 years. So it had to be him. Um, and I mean, most people in the company have worked with him in NXT. So they know what he's like. I think he does have the respect of most people in WWE. He knows what to say. I mean, look at everything that went down last year when he had the cardiac event, was stepped down, essentially demoted. You know, they cut all his buddies from NXT earlier in the year. You know, and Triple H kept his mouth shut, didn't he, Kenny? You know, he didn't start, you know, knocking the company or making any cryptic comments about leaving or whatever. You know, he was a good company man because that's what he's basically been for many years because he knew that one day he would take over. So, you know, I think WWE is in safe hands with this guy in charge. Um, And I'm heartened by the comments that he made about wanting to make WWE a less sort of tense, you know, stressful atmosphere backstage and to make people feel more at ease when they go to work um, and to feel like their voices if they're disgruntled, will be heard. But as ever in pro wrestling, Kenny, you know this, I'm sure most people listening to this know know this to be true. It's not what people say, it's what they do. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, the other other thing is, and I never thought in my lifetime that I would see Triple H take over from Vince. Why? I always always figured that something else would happen. I don't know why... I just thought it's not going to happen. Some, something will, I don't know what I thought would happen, but I just didn't think I would see it. And I'm glad I, I'm glad I am. I think it's a great, I think it's a great move because it's going to open up so much, uh, so much talent that may want to come back. It's, you know, something like Johnny Gargano as an example. I mean, Johnny Gargano left. He probably wasn't, you know, in a rush to come back because, you know, let's be honest, Vince would probably never get him on the main roster. No, um, but now if you're Johnny Gargano, you know now it's a lot more appealing to come back. Um, 
Definitely, because you know, what your supporter back in the NXT, you know, black and gold days is now running the main show. I mean, did you see that uh, promo that Champa did for the oh, Miz? Yeah. Did you see that? Did you see it, Kenny? Yeah. I mean, that just felt like a step forward for him, didn't it? Yeah. It's like, here's this guy who's been kept in a box. You've not allowed him to show what he can do. And someone said, right, Champa, here's the mic. Show us what you've got. And he and he did in his first promo. You could tell Miz and Maurice were impressed. Mm-hmm. And, like, if that's going to be the, the, the tone in future, that there's going to be, you know, more opportunities and not people aren't, you, you know, you need to have this sort of merit. I mean, no pro wrestling, you can say a meritocracy, but in some ways pro wrestling is a meritocracy because even though it's obviously all predetermined, generally the people who are really good at this do get on. They do move up the food chain. They do move yeah. up the ranks. And I think Champa with that promo will have impressed a lot of people or even surprised a lot of people as well um, who, who perhaps didn't watch him when he was in, in NXT. We're not, we, we, we knew what he was capable of. And I was really pleased that he was allowed to just go, you know, full pelt to give it some welly, you know, to just attack that promo with, you know, full force, raw power, you know? So um, that's what we need. And that's what talent should be allowed to do that. There shouldn't be, there shouldn't be all these limitations on what people can and can't do. Well, I mean, so the thing with Triple H being in this position is, because he was responsible for the golden age of NXT. I was actually watching uh, with, my other half, with my other half, Steve Gunn, when I came in there before we recorded, he was watching the Broken Skull sessions with Sami Zayn. And Sami Zayn was talking about, you know, the golden age of NXT that of, you know, the kind of 2014 to 2017 time or 2016. Um, and Triple H is responsible for that. I, For me, I thought the kind of like undisputed era of NXT 2019-2020 dipped a lot. But I don't think that you can really judge how Triple H is going to do in, on with that with Raw and SmackDown based on that because he knew he was booking NXT. He knew what yeah. it was. And he's even said before in interviews, he said, what works in NXT will not work on Raw and SmackDown. It's a different thing. You know, if you've got 2 million people watching SmackDown on a Friday night, it needs to be catered to those people. It can't be catered to the kind of smaller demographic yeah. that you would do an NXT with. So I think he'll get it. And I think... The fact that he gave us a couple of little nuggets on that first night on the go home show for SummerSlam, and I know it sounds stupid, but even that Angie Mysterio watching the TV the proper way—that's a sign, you know that she's been told to do that because everybody's been watching it in that weird way for so many years. Yeah. So there's little things we're getting fed that's telling us, look, change is coming, and I think people are excited about it. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right, and. Um... You know, it'd be nice to 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 see more talent being able to flex their muscles and um, and being allowed to just go out there and really deliver. Um, and you know, I think you you were right as well about Triple H. And Triple H is obviously knows the business that not everything that's that works in NXT will work on Raw and SmackDown because, of course, NXT is a smaller audience and Raw and SmackDown. It's it's got a broad appeal. I mean, that's how you run an international company that draws big crowns. You've got to do things that have that broad appeal. But I think he's smart enough to know that a lot of the things in NXT can work on the main roster without huge adjustments. 
And like I said in the podcast that we recorded on Saturday, there needs to be more of a joined up approach to Raw, SmackDown and NXT. And those characters and gimmicks and personalities, they should be fine. They should be developed and fine tuned on NXT before they're brought up to the main roster. You know, they shouldn't then be, you know, like LA Knight was a prime example, wasn't he? I mean, he was great in NXT. You think this guy's ready to go on Raw or SmackDown. And then they, they change him entirely into Max Dupree. You know, fun character, but it was it was completely different to what he'd been playing in NXT for the best part of a year or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Like, if they're not working in harmony, then the system's basically failing, isn't it? And I think we need a lot more of that, where people go from NXT you know, the determination is made when their NXT run is over, this person is ready for the main roster. We're bringing them in like that because that got over in NXT and we think it can get over on Raw or SmackDown. So let's bring that person over. And like, okay, there might only be 600,000 people watching NXT each week, but I mean, there's only like 2 million watching SmackDown or slightly more. So that's like, that's what's like a third of, you know, a third of the SmackDown audience is already watching uh, the character on NXT. So they're going to know who that person is immediately. And you've got to figure that a larger percentage of paying fans uh, than TV fans watch NXT. So they theoretically should be more receptive to that character when it arrives because they'll recognize that character from NXT, right, Kenny? It all makes sense to me. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it does make sense because we've seen a lot, of, a lot of people that Triple H has has built up, have been brought to the main roster and it's just been like, they're starting again or, you know, like, you know, you'd build Johnny, Johnny Gargano, use him as an example again. He was basically built up as like, you know, a Daniel Bryan level babyface, top, top guy. Yeah. And when he went to Raw and SmackDown, even briefly, like you could tell he was never going to be positioned anywhere near that. So, you know, I think now if Triple H is in charge and he's kind of able to make that call, he can, he can be kind of saying, right, okay, have meetings with NXT and go, look, here's who I think we should be pushing as top guys, and here's who I think we're probably going to see as more mid-card people on the main roster, and you can plan for it. So, Exactly, um, and I always think, just finally on this note, Kenny, when they introduce, like, a, you know, Raquel Rodriguez, right, or, or whomever, mm-hmm. you know, I can't remember whether they did this with Raquel, maybe they did, and I've just forgotten, but they should do this with every person, is that they should be putting together a highlights video of that person's achievements in NXT, this is what they did there for the benefit of the people who might not watch NXT. And as a reminder to all the people who do watch NXT, oh, wow, look at how great he or she was in NXT. Oh, I've forgotten about that match. That match was killer. Yeah. You know, and they, they show that video and immediately think, wow, this person's really got some talent. They really got something. I can't wait to see this person wrestle this person or that person or the other person. Or maybe get... Um, the main roster talent to do, you know, some backstage interviews, just talking about the imminent arrival of this NXT graduate. So you've created this buzz before the person even makes their debut on the main roster. Just these little things. And I'm not sure why they don't do that. You know, that the whole sort of vignettes, you know, that they used to do to really prepare that person before they make their TV debut, so there's this sense of anticipation for them before they arrive, and that's something that I hope we're going to see. And uh, it's just such a no-brainer. I don't know why they don't do that. Yeah, I mean, and, and 
but I think we, we know that if you if you do any job, it's like if 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 I was to do if I was to, to book a wrestling company for 40 years or whatever, or in Vince's case, 50, like you're not going to have fresh ideas and, and, and be, you're not going to be on the, on, on the pulse of things at 76. So Vince was just at a point where, you know, we, things were not really going to change under his watch. We were, he was going to rip up scripts when he wanted to, he was going to push what he wanted to. And some of the stuff that he pushed was good. Let's not pretend like it was all a disaster. There was some good stuff. There was some bad stuff, but I think now there's there's optimism that the, the kind of synergy approach and that you know Triple H, uh, even with that champ example you gave, Triple H, if he's going to try and push people, he's going to try and uh, you know, and even theory, you know, they they made theory a big part of Raw this week, you know, maybe to show like we're we're not going to just can this guy's push because Triple H is in charge now. He's not going to do that because that wouldn't make any sense to the show. You know, if Theory's been all over it for months and been a big part of it, he has to be, that has to be seen through and you need to see it goes. Of course he does. And if someone's getting over and doing well, which Theory, you know, is and, and, and has done or has done and is, then it's like, why would you de-push him? Why would you diminish his push? You know, just out of badness because you want to prove you know, that the previous person's ideas weren't as good as the new person's ideas. And I don't think we're going to get any of that pettiness, or at least I hope we don't. I mean, apparently that's a normal thing in the movie world. If new execs come in and there's a project in development, you know, a project ready to go, the new exec might not, you know, might do things to basically sabotage the project because they don't want the person they replace to look better than them. Apparently, this sort of thing happens all the time, and it, it just seems so counterproductive to me. And because it's Vince's son-in-law in charge now, and Vince's daughter, you know, who's CEO, then there shouldn't be that, you know, sil- that silly sort of point scoring type exercise where someone's trying to, you know, Triple H is trying to look better than Vince because it, it would just be self-defeating. You know, it doesn't lead to better business. It doesn't lead to more excitement and a better product, more people getting over. So I'm not concerned about any of that. And that, oh, that was something that used to happen in WCW all the time when a new booker came in or a new yeah. boss came in. It was like, oh, I'm not pushing him. I don't see anything in him. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, brilliant. Well, this person that, you know, the fans really like, it's been doing really well. You're just going to job him out from week one because you don't like him. And that would happen in WCW. Happened in TNA when Bischoff and Hogan came in. Desmond Wolf, Nigel McGuinness. He'd been doing tremendous against Kurt Angle in that. They had a really good feud at the end of 2009. And like Desmond Wolf was just turned into a clown from week one. I mean, I don't think we're going to see any of that. No, me, me neither. I think because I, I think Triple H is also aware that people are going to be, you know, he he's aware that there's work to be done here to, you know, to to get some people back to, you know, push people. I, th- I think he gets it. So it'll be interesting Definitely. to see at SummerSlam if he does, uh, you know, put any more kind of nuggets in there for us that, that we wouldn't usually get. Uh, but like you said on the, the, the last podcast, what's going down, I think next Monday's Raw will probably be more of a telltale sign of what we're going to get. 
I agree. Yes, absolutely. I agree with myself. <laughs> Who better knows? Um, listen, hey, sometimes, Kenny, sometimes that doesn't happen. No, I've I've seen I've seen you disagree with yourself midway through a point. So <laughs> it's a talent. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, listen, we're gonna go, uh, but we encourage you to sign up to Patreon because we're about to record this week's overrun, which is part one of two of our fifth anniversary Q&A special, which is we put questions out on Twitter and on uh, Facebook. We've got over 30 questions uh, of people just wanting to know various things. So we're going to go through them all and um, we're going to do half and half. Um, but we uh, we hope you come over and join us for those. Patreon.com forward slash Inside the Ropes. And then, of course, we'll be back next week on what's going down to, to discuss SummerSlam. SummerSlam, so. Kenny, yeah. And, this, and the post-SummerSlam Raw, as you said, and, and I said, could be very interesting. <laughs> Indeed. So we will, uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll, be, we'll be back next week to cover all the stuff that you want. So, Finn, I hope that you enjoy uh, SummerSlam weekend. Um, yeah, and good, and good luck to you. You're heading over to Nashville tomorrow, right? Yeah, tomorrow morning, tomorrow, Thursday morning. Uh, I'll be doing some press on Friday morning with WWE. I'll be doing the Bret Hart 30 Years Later SummerSlam 92 panel on Saturday. And then I'll be doing the What's Next panel with Johnny Gargano on Sunday which got a whole lot more interesting this week with some of the questions that we can pose to Johnny now absolutely wow so I mean so where are you watching SummerSlam are you going to the show yeah we're going to go to the show bought tickets last night so uh, we're going to go go to the show looking forward to it um you know I think I think it'll deliver on I know some people are a bit underwhelmed by the undercard and I do share that sort of opinion but i think on the night they will deliver a good show i think we're going to get i think there's enough stuff on there and i think that there's going to be i think people will come out of SummerSlam with a positive uh review that's my gut i think so yeah i think there's going to be a few surprises um and i think you know paul Levesque knows that he's being scrutinized right now and he knows that there's a lot of pressure on him i mean i think he's i think he's up to the task of the pressure as it should that he was when he ran NXT, but I think he's going to want to deliver something pretty special this Saturday. So, uh, you know, I think there's going to be some good matches and I think there's going to be quite a lot, at least I hope there will be quite a lot of storyline progression and few returns as well. Maybe Bailey this weekend, Kenny, finally. I mean, we can only we can only predict it for so long before she finally turns up. We'll end up having to have the ban like we had to a few years ago on the Roman Reigns heel turn. Remember that? Yes, one? <laughs> we had to ban ourselves because we could. We had nothing new to say. We were just anyway. But luckily, turned heels. We don't need to talk about it anymore. So um, anyway, we hope that you all enjoy SummerSlam weekend. If you are you know listen to this and uh, check us out on Patreon for the extra stuff, and we'll talk to you soon, everybody.
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.